With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. The firearms trial is nearing conclusion in Grand Court. Radio Cayman's Jevy Ebanks has an update on the case of Eric Brian Williams Soto. William Soto was arrested in 2021 when he and another man tried to escape from officers who had been trying to pull them over along West Bay Road. The vehicle was driven by Justin Kyle Jackson, a wanted man who managed to get away from the officers. William Soto, however, was caught on the scene and then charged when police found a gun in the vehicle. The trial began last week and today the arresting officer testified to his involvement in the case and the circumstances that led to William Soto's arrest. In cross-examination by defense counsel Keith Myers, the officer also spoke about what Mr. William Soto told the police at the time of his arrest, as well as when he was subsequently interviewed and questioned. Crown Prosecutor Hema Sundarsing is expected to close the prosecution's case tomorrow, but it is not clear whether Mr. William Soto will take the stand in his defense. The case continues tomorrow. Jevy Ebanks, Radio Cayman News. A South Sound assault is under investigation. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens has the details. On Monday, January 29th, police attended the Georgetown Hospital to a report of a man receiving treatment for a serious burn to his face, which had been inflicted on him by another man. It was reported that the victim and the other man were both working at a complex on Southtown Road in the vicinity of Grand Harbor when an altercation ensued between the two, resulting in the accused man taking a bottle of fluid from his vehicle and throwing it on the victim's face, causing it to burn with suspected serious injuries. The victim called 911 and an ambulance transported the man to the Georgetown Hospital to receive treatment. Officers attended the complex to locate the accused man at the time of the incident, but he was not present. Just before 7 p.m. the same day, Monday, January 29th, the accused man, a 29-year-old of Bodentown, turned himself into the Georgetown Police Station, where he was arrested for suspected grievous bodily harm and transported to the detention center for processing. I'm Felicia Rankin-Solens. Five appearances are scheduled for tomorrow's Central Planning Authority meeting. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has the breakdown. Up first is an application for a house addition and pool on Tidewater Avenue facing no objections, followed by an application to modify planning permission for a three-lot subdivision by adding a new lot and a 30-foot right-of-way on the Esther Lee Tibbetts Highway north of Canal Point Road. This area is zoned as neighborhood commercial, low-density residential and mangrove buffer and is facing an objector. In its analysis, the planning department says the intent of the right-of-way has not been made clear by the applicant, but it looks like it could be used as an access road for future lots. Planning analysis says if that should be the case, then there would be two subdivision roads abutting each other, and that, quote, does not seem like good planning. Then the CPA will hear a pitch for a 70-foot logic tower on Newport Avenue in Georgetown. An objector has raised concerns about, quote, potential health risks and radiation, as well as the tower being a, quote, eyesore. The board will consider whether the tower is suitable for the area in Georgetown. At 1 p.m., an uncontested application to modify planning permission and add a pool at a property on spots will be discussed before the CPA hears from developers at Manowar Cliff Limited on their application for a 50-lot subdivision on Will Jackson Drive at East End. Back in September, the board resolved to adjourn the issue and invite the applicant to address the authority regarding potential adverse effects on the proposal after the Department of Environment made it clear it, quote, does not support the approval of this application. The planning department also pointed out several of the proposed lots are under the minimum required 60-foot lot width. The board will also hear a presentation from the housing group at 2 p.m.
Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. In addition to the appearances, the CPA will consider several other applications. Here's Radio Cayman's Paula Cal with the details on those. West Village Development is pitching a new commercial and residential complex on Batabano Road in West Bay, which, if approved, would feature four buildings with 82 apartments and more than 65,000 feet of retail space. CCST Properties is applying for 44 townhomes and three cabanas on Raven Avenue in Spots, and Morit Properties is back with its application for a five-story hotel building with a rooftop pool along Queens Highway in East End. This was adjourned back on January 3rd, so the project could get approval from the National Conservation Council as it would, quote, likely have an adverse effect on a marine protected area. On the 11th, the NCC responded with directions should the board grant approval. These included things like stockpiling materials at least 75 feet from the mean high water mark and ensuring measures would be taken to prevent construction materials like polystyrene from getting into the nearby marine protected area. There's also an application for a drink stand on Seafarers Way in downtown Georgetown across from Bayshore Mall. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Paula Cal. You can find the full agenda for tomorrow's public meeting at the Government Administration Building at planning.ky. Sunday marked four years since Cayman was rocked by a 7.7 magnitude earthquake. Since that time, hazard management has done a considerable amount of preparedness activities to enhance our resilience as well as improve our education for earthquake preparedness. Hazard Management Cayman Islands' Teresita De Silva tells CIGTV the department has been working with schools to review their earthquake plans and conduct drills at organizations across all three Cayman Islands. We also developed an emergency app called Ad Hoc to assist with quick and easy dissemination of important information to the public and we've also strengthened our relationship with international partners such as NOAA to produce a tsunami wave modeling that can now tell us what risk there is to the Cayman Islands, as well as tailor our preparedness information to certain areas across Grand Cayman. The Ad Hoc app is a mobile tool that will send you alerts about emergency events in the islands. For more information, visit caymanprepared.gov.ky. It's an invasive species alert. The Department of Environment says a first record of the invasive reptile, the red-headed rock agama, was recorded in Grand Cayman on Thursday. It's a species of lizard found in sub-Saharan Africa. A male red-headed agama was found in an industrial center of Georgetown next to the container yard where international shipments have their first port of call on in our islands. It is therefore highly likely that this is just a one-off accidental import but this highlights the need for robust biosecurity protocols. The Terrestrial Resource Unit, Simone Williams, tells Radio Cayman they were able to secure the animal after a tip from the public. The red-headed agama is a popular animal in the pet trade and has been introduced to southern Florida. DOE has long kept an eye out for this invasive species as the red-headed agama can be thought of as the next green iguana for um, island nations. She says the agama would pose a serious risk to native reptiles through competition of resources as well as a potential vector of disease. Once established, the agamas are much harder to control than the green iguanas because of their smaller size. If you see this lizard or any other exotic-looking animal in the wild, please contain it if possible and contact the DOE Terrestrial Unit. You can find them on WhatsApp at 925-7625 or email doe at gov.ky. What's on that plate? 
That is turtle, and that is Cayman-style beef, mac and cheese, and cornbread. The Cayman Isles National Museum kicks off a new monthly program aimed at reconnecting us to our Caymanian heritage and sharing it with everyone. Acting Interim Director of the Museum, Tunisia Barnes. Today is our first Look Year, Heritage Look Year, where we have different people from the community come, artisans as well as people with traditional Caymanian dishes like turtle, conch, wolves, and even curry chicken. So it's an opportunity for us to do an outreach with both locals and visitors alike, exposing Caymanian culture, also supporting our cottage industry of the thatch makers and other artisans as well. These Look Year Heritage showcases are a little smaller than the traditional ones, and that's by design. These will be held once a month in the garden of the museum on the waterfront. Student Hannah Welcome stopped by with a friend today and says she is glad to have this kind of event on a weekday so that both tourists and locals can enjoy. We also had some visitors coming down uh, from the States, so we wanted to show them a little bit of Caymanian culture. And we thought that this would be the perfect opportunity to end. Yeah, it's always good for us as younger people also to engage with our culture, you know, and this is a perfect way to do it. Um, we also wanted to go in and show them the museum and teach them a little bit more about Cayman heritage. So. Along with delicious food, several of Cayman's most well-known silver thatch artisans were on hand as well, platting, chatting, and sharing their knowledge. If you missed this one, don't worry. There will be another one on the last Tuesday of every month. That is your latest local news. I'm April Cummings.